JK Labs, folks, welcome to the broadcast. It's your host, Dan Rockwell, a.k.a. Floozy Speak, coming to you live from the office here, the Dublin headquarters, Big Kitty Labs. This is the broadcast. It is today, uh, the year is 2021, we're somewhere in May. I know, it's like the 11th, I think it's the 12th. Um, what's going on? I haven't done a recording in a bit, I've got to give you guys an update what's going on. Well, we're just wrapping up a lot of stuff with um, family logistics. Um, family logistics. Basically, uh, long story short, uh, mom passed away back in February. And we're kind of dealing with the, the end game of your parents being gone. Every once in a while, um, I'll have moments where I'll just stop and, um, and uh, remind myself my parents are gone which is a hard thing for me still to wrap my head around. It makes me feel like the, you know, the legacy of, of um, my parents is on my shoulders. <laughs> um, makes me wish I had kids. But at the same time, uh, I think uh, I've been, I've had a very blessed life. I, um, I've been really lucky and very blessed. And, um, and I don't know, I don't know. You know, my mom was a big, um, my mom was really big on guardian angels. She really, 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 really stressed to me about guardian angels. And sometimes I think about the guardian angel, you know. I think about, it makes me think of that movie City Angels, for the City of Angels, where it had like the, remember the guardian angels that were like sitting on the, the light poles all over town, you know, watching people and different things. Uh, it makes me wonder like, you know, I know I, I guess I apply, uh, apply sort of a human construct of trying to understand them, but but you can't help but, I'm a creative person too, so I can't help but manifest my mom and my father in my mind. You know, not just from memory, but I can sort of project them in the room and I can, I can really sort of more so project them in my mind in terms of the advice from my father or uh, and the, the kind words from my mother. It's always encouragement. It's always about hope and humility and promise and breathing more, and I don't know, it's, it's like a calming feeling, I can't really explain it. But sometimes I think about that, where's that guardian angel? Right now, uh, they're in this room, or maybe they're hanging out in the front yard. I kind of picture them out in the front yard, maybe because it's a, kind of a nice day, and maybe they're, uh, you know, playing... Um, was it croquet? Uh, whatever. <laughs> a game where you hit the balls. Um, I need, we need to play that. We need to bring that back. We need to bring back the post-COVID-19 croquet leg, uh, croquet league or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so many of my friends have changed jobs and positions in their life. A lot of people are changing. A lot of people are changing. I'm changing. Um... 
Yeah, I'm definitely changing. Let's uh, change. Speaking of change, uh, Dogecoin uh, has uh, gained some change and lost some change. Uh, pretty uh, a lot over the last uh, couple of days. Uh, the uh, Dogecoin, uh, Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live debut, which has the whole world in stitches, it seems like, in different ways. Uh, but I thought Elon did great. You know, he's just a he's just like the rest of us. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways, um, you know, the more he pokes fun at himself, the more human he is. That's the thing about him. He's so fucking human. You know, I mean, sure he's an alien, right? But I mean, just because he knows his stuff, and I don't know, he's just he's really relatable to people, and uh, that's a powerful thing. The more relatable, the more you can laugh at yourself. The more you can pursue your vision, the more you can do it with just extreme executional bliss. You know what I mean? I think about Elon sometimes, and I think about... I actually think a lot about his, you know, the 40 people around him. You know what I mean? I think about the 40 people or 50 people around him that just, that, that, um, just make him exude and execute. You know what I mean? I'm envious of that. Uh, at times I've met people who are like, I'll just, I've met, I know a lot of people who are like, I just, I'm waiting for you just to tell me what, what reality to build, Dan, we'll go build it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's great. When you have that feeling of energy in a team like that, I mean, you can do anything. I mean, and, um, any, I mean, that's, that's, that's the amazing time of today is that anything you can think of and dream of, you can manifest. In fact, I've been, I've been super enjoying looking at old sci-fi movies and realizing everything they ever came up with is going to happen. It's kind of amazing. I want to stay in that state too. I want to stay in the state of, of dreaming and believing and thinking and creating. Um, you know, it's really what. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I feel like. Uh, in a lot of ways, I'm figuring out what I really. Um, I think when you when you start a company, you you assume this role that you're going to have to champion every single aspect of the company, and that's really not your. That's. That's your burden when you started the company. That's the that's the true burden dynamics. But the fact that you didn't put the team in um, to sort of help you take on the mission. That's really important. I have a better appreciation for that now. But um, a lot of things are changing. Dogecoin, that's uh, just gone up and down and, and whatnot. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of market manipulation happening there for sure. And it's funny, I meet with some of my good friends, on the people that know crypto, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, Dogecoin, that's good. Have your fun and get out of it, Dan. You know, because uh, they're all like, it's a shit going, you know. Um, but I do, I, I, I'm kind of investing in it more from, not from the fact that it's a crypto currency that could be leveraged so much or used. I'm actually... Most of my investment is on the power of perception in the meme itself. So there's, you know, I, I don't have a lot of money in in, uh, in Dutch, but I have enough to to be interesting. Um, and then I'm kind of experimenting with just different sides of it. There's a side of it that's, you know, with one account that's really focused just on the meme and the other account sort of focused on the the waves of it moving up and down. 
good friend of mine is building this crypto trading bot. And um, we've been talking about strategies and thinking. And, and it's fun because I have a completely different perspective in thinking about how to analyze and think about maybe the, maybe the spectrum of possibility. That's what I like about computers and AI is that you can experiment more. The more experimentation gives you just one. And there's just so many things you can start doing and applying to it. Uh, I've been getting more into simulation, more into ways to sort of validate your trajectory. Um, yeah, that's been exciting. There's a lot of cool things going on. But let's talk about money. When it comes to money, we all have something called debt. Some of us are better educated about debt. I've had to wait 50 years to really figure out debt. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't get my um, didn't get my feet under it. You know what I mean? I need to get my feet under debt and really understand the value of it. I uh, the more I the more I approach it, the more I think about financial stuff. The more I'm just. I just see this the glaring problem in how we raise uh, and educate uh, our youth today. We completely skip this subject. It's not taught at all. It's not... I don't know why the, one of the biggest things that could impact your life isn't actually focused on just from a burden responsibility aspect. Not even from a understand, you know, economics kind of shit. Um, I made some pretty decent mistakes. And, um, I recently, um, cleaned that slate. And, uh, I was in a really good mood for it, you know. It's a really good mood. I don't know, it's like, uh, there's still some left, of course, but um, a big, 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 big chunk of it is gone. And I feel, I don't know, man, it's like a different day. It's a different day. So much of, so much of debt is connected to past mistakes, either things you've done that were, you know, hopefully the debt was good debt, right? Oh, well, we had to, you know, rebuild this part of the house or something, and we're just, you know, you're paying off the investment. That's a different kind of debt. Um, well, I had straight up just stupidity debt. Um, it was debt that uh, at one point in my life uh, really ripped me apart. And uh, I just, I just think it's interesting that we don't really... You know, I've, I've seen a lot of startups try to approach this before and address the debt issues and how they work and, you know, what things you'll have to do and, you know, how do we get people to be trained on it, you know, financial education, that kind of stuff. I almost think, like, you know what's crazy is that when you, like, learning about financial education is kind of seen as a DIY thing. It's sort of like, oh, it's a self-help thing. So it's like... 
understanding finance is de- is sort of slated under the self-help aspect, yet it's one of the, the most critical aspects of our entire reality. You know what I mean? Um, it makes me really wonder about how a, a school program sh- should be re-engineered from the... Yeah, I don't know. It's got me... I got a lot of wheels turning in that space. A lot of wheels. But um, one of the biggest wheels is I can actually breathe. You know, I can have this breathing space now, which is exciting. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that gets me into uh, talking about nerves. So, fun fact. Um, not really a fun fact, but I... Uh, uh, I've been having this issue with my feet for a long time, for about three years now. It's kind of a neuropathy thing. I'm pretty sure it's neuropathy. Brought on by being overweight and having a sedentary lifestyle. The pandemic didn't help that, but uh, helped reinforce the notion of, you know, basic exercise of you going to the front door to get your door dash. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to get in the fitness bug again. I'm working on it. Um, I need to, <laughs> I need to get into the, uh, free urban Frisbee league. I need to work on that idea again. That was a, that was basically a urban Frisbee league where you, you build courses on the fly based on wherever you're at. I used to work on that when I, uh, I worked at Lexington. We would go down for an hour and basically, you know, redesign the intersection of Fourth and um, Goodale into a frisbee park, <laughs> and, it was, and of course you had to like, you know, like okay, you got to skip over the dotted line in the middle of the road and try not to have your frisbee, you know, get eaten by a car. That was a lot of fun, and I I love this notion of the free the free urban frisbee league. You know, it's just kind of a funny idea. Um, so maybe I'll bring that back. Got to work on uh, getting getting healthy. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, when I go into the, go into the CarePoint East there, um, just a bit of a drive for me coming from Dublin, but I, I go into that place and uh, I, I've always had nerves, like an anxious and uh, a certain amount of anxiety. Just I've always had that. It's one of the reasons why I think if you ever see me at a tech event, um, you know, I'll, uh, I don't know. I, um, like, I love giving talks and talking to people. Then I want to get out of the building. I get, um, get nervous in the crowd. I don't know why. Just do. Um, I remember one time being in a church for um, my nephew, Liam. We were working on, I think he was, um, he was getting one of the sacraments uh, in Catholicism, and I'm his godfather. He's a great kid, smart. He's going to go places. You know, he's just a kid right now. He's got to do kid stuff. And he's changing every day. He's getting smarter every day. And uh, the creativity in him is enormous. And I remember being in a pew with him in church, and there was like there was like twenty kids on either side of me, and I was like, I can't, I need to get out of this building. 
I was like, why did I do that? Why did I take, you know, why did I take the middle of this pew and there's no way out? You know what I mean? It was hilarious. I was like speed reading, you know, I was like trying to speed accelerate everything the pastor was doing. Today, a reading from, yeah, 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 Paul the Corinthians, everything's fine. Next. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like trying to accelerate it. Um, anyways. So anyways, I go in for this nerve conduction test, induction test, test my nerves of my legs. And I go in there and of course I, uh, I love talking with people. And one of the things I have to do is I have to establish rapport and just get people to talk so that they feel comfortable and then I'll feel comfortable. And then, you know, you have like a, you get to a, like a really, um, you, you get to like what I call, crit, I don't know, let's call it critical ease. Critical ease is when you get to a point in conversation where you feel super relaxed and they seem super relaxed and you can go beyond the conversation of like, what do you think about the Buckeyes, right? You can actually go to, you know, talking about just cool shit, you know, deep stuff. And I always like to tell, every nurse I work with, I always talk to them about their startup because they all see so much shit every day. I know they have a startup idea. <laughs> and so I do that. I get my nurse to tell me about his idea. And it's cool. I'm like, yeah. I know that uh, I, I love it when I hear idea and I already know how to build it. I see it in my head. You know. That's uh, a lot of fun. Yay, Henry. Henry, my kitty's coming over to say hi. The morning cat. The morning cat. Anyways, so that was fun. And then I told him I did commercialization at Ohio State. And helped, you know, doctors start companies and whatnot. The test complete, it comes back, uh, or sorry, the, um, the doctors come in. Now I have three doctors come in the room. One is the big wig dog. You can tell because he's the most, you know, pristinely dressed guy. The other is uh, uh, another doc, lady, also dressed to the T, you know. And then the residence doc who's coming in to sort of, you know, do this, but it's part of his residency or whatnot. That's the guy that walks in and says, hey, I heard you do commercialization. I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, well, before we go over your results, I'll let me tell you about a patent idea I had. So, so he tells me about his idea. It's this thing around, uh, it's a cardiac measurement device he got a patent for in Michigan. He must have been in residency because Michigan let him go. Odds are Michigan didn't own the IP because he was in residency, and that's why. But if he was an actual, like, like uh, you know, like on the payroll doc, like the the guy in the room that was wearing a nice suit and everything, you know, Ohio State would definitely have a say in that IP more. But, um, you know, this guy, he was just going on about, like, oh, the cost of lawyers and this and that. And I was like, look, you got to, you know, leverage the founder network in the local area. Every local area has a founder network. A group of founders in the space that can, you know, and it's not to, no one's got a silver bullet for you, but... You know, conversation uh, with people who have been in your space it helps. Helps give you perspective. And you should have that because for all you know, you're going to drop in, you know, you're dropping 20 grand on a patent play that has this kind of maybe perspective piece on licensing, but that may or may not be the role play on that. Might be better to actually, you know, front load it into a investment vehicle like a startup, right? Get a, you know, get some minimal money around that. By the way, it's medical, right? Well, sweet, we just got you two hundred grand free and clear if you're, you know, doing this grant or that grant, right? Um, 
come back to Ohio State and even clinical validation of the said thing, now you can even get another SBI or STTR type shit, right? So there's lots of ways to, to, to really build that piece up. And you could do that in the startup, and now the startup actually is just actually applied even more potential um, IP, but has also increased the value stake of the initial IP in itself, right? So now it's an even larger and investable target. And that didn't really take a whole ton of work necessarily. It didn't cost you 20 grand, that's for sure. You gotta just, you know, you gotta work the system. You gotta hustle. You know what I'm saying? I loved how everyone sort of saw Elon Musk's notion of hustle was like, oh, Dogecoin's a hustle. It's a bad thing. What are you talking about? Everyone in America knows hustle. Hell yeah, it's a hustle. What isn't a hustle? You know what I mean? Anyways, <laughs> um, so that was just cool, man. And then they, uh, the doc wanted to know why I left Ohio State. <laughs> In commercialization, and I told him I was still working on it, and it was just a really good. I I tell you what, I I I was really good at commercialization. I rocked it. I should have probably should have fought for taking director there at some point, just because I knew I could have. I don't know if I want to navigate the politics. That's the problem, you know. Scott has Scott Osborne, super good guy. He's um, you know I'm. Eh. He was intimidating at first. I heard about Scott Osborne before I met him, really, when he was working in the College of Engineering. You know, I just knew the, he was coming from Mattel. And, you know, Mattel always had sort of a, a black box moniker around it, you know what I mean? This guy's from Mattel. I was like, well, shit, he's going to kill everyone in the room, you know, because Mattel is Mattel, right? You know, there's, there's, like, there's a little bit of, like, you don't really know what Mattel does. Um... My, all I knew about Mattel was their legal agreements, which were like, you know, like their first clause was like, in our agreement with Mattel, client must agree the fact that Mattel owns in their life into eternity, all family genetics. You know, it's like <laughs> really hardcore stuff. Um, it's just, uh, I get it. That's they're that space. But um, he's got a good sense of humility in him. And he's got a good sense, uh, he's got a good compass. You know, it's getting more and more important these days, finding people with good moral compasses. But Scott Osborne has that. You know, he's, um, I feel like he's got a good compass for what faculty should be sort of working on or thinking about and feeling they're entitled to and not entitled to. And that's, that's a key thing. He's not going to be a pushover completely. You know, at the same time, he understands what he needs to do. And um, that's some good stuff there. But it was fun talking to these doctors about commercialization at my doctor's appointment. I walked out of there just feeling great. I could visit with doctors, and I, I got to talk to three other doctors about research, and their ideas and how to take ideas to market. And that's, that's the oxygen for me, man. I loved it. Will anything happen from it? Probably not. But do we have a fun, inspiring conversation? Yeah. Now, if I want to be a true hustler, I could go back and hound and find that guy. Pretty easy to find, really. Um, and I might still do that. I don't know. But it's a lot of fun with it.